I'm Nala Ayed, host of Ideas. In this age of clickbait and online shouting, Ideas is a meeting ground for people who want to deepen their understanding of the world. Join me as we crack open a concept to see how it plays out over place and time and how it matters today. From the rise of authoritarianism to the history of cult movies, no idea is off limits. Ideas is on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Some artists feel the need for false humility, not Dionne Warwick. In the conversation you'll hear with Tom Power, he asked if there was one song she's written that really challenged her, and she very confidently just said, no. Dionne will tell you about her incredible career. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Dionne Warwick is an absolute force to be reckoned with. It's like no matter who you are or what decade you were born in, you know her music. If you were listening to the radio in the 60s, it was this. The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Or maybe you're an 80s kid and you remember these. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what friends are Oh, I was distracted by the excellence of those songs. I forgot what I was supposed to say. Okay, here we go. But if you're too young to know any of these massive pop hits that we are listening to right now, Dion's been everywhere in pop culture lately. Whether that's one of the 100 Reasons to Love America, a list compiled by People Magazine, or on Twitter, calling out The Weeknd for misspelling his own stage name. She basically gained an entire second wave of popularity because of her hilarious tweets. In fact, Dion was called the queen of Twitter. And with the news that Twitter has now changed to X, we thought, hey, let's listen to this one again. So here's Tom Power talking with Dion Warwick. How are you? I couldn't be better. How are you? I couldn't be better now that I'm talking to you. Uh, thanks for making the time for us. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Everything we just mentioned, all those hits all those songs, this illustrious career you've had, how does being called the queen of Twitter uh, match up? (laughs) I find it quite amusing, and it's it's been a bunch of fun for me. It really has. I mean, I first saw you on Twitter when you said that thing to Chance the Rapper about, if you're very obviously a rapper, why did you put it in your stage name? I cannot stop thinking about this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I wanted to know. <laughs> and it was so wonderful because he responded. And uh, we have subsequently struck up a wonderful friendship. Um, as a matter of fact, we've just completed recording together. And that should be available uh, around the end of August, first part of September. Is Twitter something you wish you had had when you were starting out? No, <laughs> not at all. Why not? 
I just kind of find it wonderful to be able to sit down and write a note, say hello to somebody. Uh, you know, this, this multimedia is unfortunately the way of the world right now. Uh, but it has taken away, I feel, the, um, the fuzziness of people, you know, getting to really know people, picking up a telephone and saying hello, as opposed to send a text or an email or any anything of that nature. But it seems to be the way that everything is going now. And so I guess we have to conform to it. The, the beautiful gray areas of ourselves are missing is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. You know, not only the gray areas, the pink ones too. You know, we just have, have forgotten how to be social, really social. You know, when I mentioned that Chance the Rapper is a man of, of great faith and you said, yes, he is, um, it, it brings me to how I wanted to start with you today. Take, take a listen to this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me for the Bible tells me so. Dianne Warwick, what's the significance of that song in your life? Oh my. The song that I sang in my grandfather's church is in Sunday school. I led the Sunday school class in that song at the age of six years old. And uh, it's a song that means an awful lot to me because I truly believe that Jesus loves me. Apparently, he's kept me healthy and alive and doing what I do best for these many years. And uh, that only comes from the love of God. And that was your first time performing in front of an audience, right? Yes, in front of the entire congregation. It was quite an experience, I'll tell you that. I want to play you another song. Take a listen to this. Okay. Don't make me over Don't Make Me Over from my guest Dion Warbeck, who joins me now. Produced by Burt Bacharach and Hal David, who you would end up making some of the most classic recordings of all time with. What were your first impressions of Burt and Hal? Um, musical geniuses. That's what I have always referred to them as, both of them. Very uh, musically with his his melodies, how most incredibly with his lyrics, and they found within me someone that could interpret and bring to the listening ear of those who wanted to hear what they were written. Um, they were wonderful friends, and Bert still is. We've lost Al, unfortunately, but. Uh, 
That's an awful lot to me. They were like more family than friends. Though I was reading, getting research for this interview, and one of the things I was reading was that when those songs first came out, they were considered to be notoriously very hard to sing songs that you had mastered. Do they feel that way to you? No, no. Fortunately, I recorded during a period of time I was in college, and my my major was music education. Um, having the ability to read music certainly was quite helpful. I'll tell you that. Uh, Bert writes musically. Uh, I usually say he just marches to his own drummer. He has no regard for um, time signatures. Um, stretching with regards to um, octaves and thirds. Uh, he writes the way he feels. Um, fortunately, having an education musically, as I do, as I said, it was quite helpful. Believe me, they're not the easiest songs to sing. I can relate to you on that. I did, a, I did music in, in college as well. Mm-hmm. It's never let me down. It's always been good to have in the back pocket, you know. Absolutely. You know, especially when you're working with someone who has been classically trained, as Bert has, um, and he utilizes his knowledge, which I'm, I, makes me very happy, too, based on the fact that it's what I studied and gave me an opportunity to use it. So, um, you know, we, we kind of, I found a way to march to his drummer. Can you think of a song you did back then that was particularly hard for you? What I mean by that is that like that pushed you to the point where you went, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. No, ah. no. <laughs> I, I've really never had a problem singing any of his music. You know, I, I know there have been many people who have asked me, how do you sing that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I usually answer very carefully. <laughs> you know? But, you know, you take songs like Promises, Promises, which uh, changes time signature every other bar. What do you get when you fall in love? A guy with a pin to burst your bubble. That's what you get for your trouble. I never fall in love again. I'll never fall in love again. You know, how, how, how? If, unless you have some sort of knowledge of music, they're not, like I said, these are songs you sing. Um, I, I found them quite compelling. They were wonderful. I mean, look, look at these songs, Dion, from, from back then. I mean, Say a Little Prayer, Walk On By. Can you tell me anything about recording any of those songs? Like, I'd love to hear something about recording something like, you know, Do You Know the Way to San Jose or one of those songs. I didn't want to record San Jose. You didn't? <laughs> no, I didn't. He wrote that song because of his affinity to San Jose. And uh, he loved the city. And he felt he was also stationed there during his time in the armed services. So because of him being that much in a mood with that song, of course I sang it. I gave the best possible rendition that I possibly could. I just felt that he would never write a song with whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know the way to San 
you know, I have to sing songs like Anyone Had a Heart and you know, they reach out for me. Um, it just didn't seem like whoa, whoa, whoa was in his vocabulary. What was it like then to, to feel that way and then have that song become the big hit that it became? <laughs> like I keep saying, I cried all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. I want to throw some rapid fire questions your way. I, I, and I don't, I, I, I want you to answer as not as Dionne Warwick, the music legend, but as Dionne Warwick, the music lover, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, okay. What was the last song you sang or hummed for no other reason, but that you just love it? Oh, wow. Hmm. I, you know, I think it was the way of the world. Yeah, it probably was. Anything by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I find myself humming a lot. How does that one go? I'm not going to sing for you. Uh, I thought I'd trick you into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If Whitney Houston's voice was a color, what color would it be? I should say I'm asking that because Whitney was a, a legend in her own right, but she was also your cousin. It would be just one. It would be the rainbow. Why, why a rainbow? Rainbows are beautiful. Uh, that's what she was. Do you have a favorite Whitney Houston song or, or performance? Oh, wow. Any of her performances, you know, but no. All of her, all of her songs were well-suited for her, um, apparently. And uh, so any one of them. I, of course, have gravitated to her earlier songs. Saving All My Love For You happens to be one of my favorite sets. Does Dionne Warwick have a guilty pleasure? Yes, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to get up, I will. If I don't, I won't. And that's a luxury I have not enjoyed in quite a while. But this year and a half has given me that luxury. And it's been wonderful. When you look back at your career, what are you most proud of? that I've been able to sustain, I guess. You know, this industry has changed so drastically. 
and uh, it's uh, it's quite something to go from decade to decade and still be viable. So that's what I'm very proud of. What do you what do you attribute that to? I think staying true to who I am, uh, not intruding into other areas that I really felt I never fitted into. You know, I had ample opportunity to jump into the disco era, and I felt that that was already taken by Donna Summers, so there was no point in even thinking about that, nor would I think my particular audience uh, would consider Dionne Warwick singing disco music. Before I let you go, when the Dionne Warwick biopic, when the film about your life fades to black, what's the Dionne Warwick song you'd like to hear playing as the credits start to roll? Uh, I, I guess what I'm basically, I cannot walk off the stage without singing. That's what principle. I would like to see you try and leave a stage without singing that song, by the way. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's impossible. You know, there's quite a few of them that, in fact, I've had people question me. Why aren't you singing? And why didn't you sing? So I guess, um, I guess friends would probably be the one. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Dionne Warwick is a Grammy Award winning artist and singer, and she's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what friends are for. For good times and bad times, I'll be That's what friends are for, Dionne Warwick. That's it for this episode of the podcast, but there's another episode in your feed right now. And if you've ever thought that it's too late to start over, to make a change, follow a new passion in your life, this is the chat for you. It is my conversation with Zarna Garg, who left India to avoid an arranged marriage when she was a teenager, became a lawyer in America, left that gig to become a stay-at-home mom, and then discovered after 16 years of staying at home that she was an absolute legend at stand-up comedy. That's her career now. She is absolutely hilarious. She'll make you laugh and maybe even give you some words of wisdom, some words of encouragement. That's in your feed right now. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. See you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.